Hello, Shepherd family. I am Pastor Alan Rose now, and we are continuing in our sermon series for the months of January, February, and March, a series entitled Cast of Characters, where we're taking a look at the persons of Isaiah, David, and Zadok from the Old Testament. As we look at these Old Testament uh, characters, uh, we uh, recognize there's a, a great opportunity to learn even more about the New Testament as we study the Old Testament. I truly believe that as we dig into the Old Testament, it makes the New Testament come alive for us in wonderful ways. And as we look at these particular characters, we also want to uh, draw something from their character as individuals. Uh, we're considering uh, the implications of their characteristics for our own Christian living. And so there's a, a lot to be gained, I believe, in this series uh, uh, based on the Old Testament. We're also going to take note of how these Old Testament characters point us to Jesus, the purifier of our character. So we are looking at uh, Isaiah the prophet. Uh, Pastor John unpacked for us uh, uh, more about who he was and what his message was to us during the month of January. And we'll be looking at David, the king, in the month of March. But during the month of February here, we're taking a look at a man by the name of Zadok, who was a priest. You know, as we look at these Old Testament prophets, priests, and kings, we're reminded that these three types of persons were anointed with olive oil into their special office, prophets, priests, and kings. And being anointed with olive oil into their office was an indication of the presence of the Holy Spirit upon their ministry and their work. It indicated that there was a divine blessing, God's blessing upon their service uh, towards uh, God's people and ultimately service of God himself. All of that ultimately, however, points to Jesus, who is the great prophet, priest, and king. You know, about two months ago, our shepherd travel group uh, did a tour to uh, uh, Israel. And we were at one point at the Jordan River at a place called Yardenet. It is uh, one of the locations that some think may have been the place where Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. Other scholars say it was in another location, but irregardless, we were at the Jordan River. And of course, uh, the Jordan is where this wonderful e event took place. But I'd like you for a moment to just consider what it was that happened at Jesus' baptism. Matthew tells us this in his gospel. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. So friends, don't miss this point. Jesus' baptism was his anointing into his office as the great prophet, priest, and king, the Messiah. When I say the word Messiah, we, we get that from the Old Testament Hebrew word Mashiach, Messiah. It means anointed one. In the New Testament, which was written in the Greek language, 
Messiah was translated with the Greek word Christos, from which we get the word Christ, which also means anointed one. So Messiah and Christ are the same thing, the anointed one. So, by the way, when we say Jesus Christ, that's not his first and last name, of course. Jesus is his name, and Christ is his title. And it's at his baptism that he is anointed as the Christ, the Messiah, the Mashiach, the Anointed One. So, one thing that we want to do in this sermon series is to show the connection between Old Testament prophets, priests, and kings, and Jesus, the Anointed One. And of course, his baptism is central to all of this. Uh, When John the Baptist tried to deter Jesus, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? What was Jesus' response? Do you recall? In Matthew chapter 3, we read this. Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. So Jesus fulfills all of God's righteous requirements for the Messiah. You might say Jesus is the answer to the question, how can sinful, unrighteous people be made right in the eyes of a holy and sinless, righteous God? Well, at his baptism, Jesus is anointed into and begins his ministry to do just that. And it all culminates, of course, at a cross and an empty tomb. There is where he makes people right in the eyes of God. So in this sermon series, we recognize that the Old Testament prophets and priests and kings served as something like patterns, or the term we like to use is types. They served as patterns or types of the great one to come. Essentially, they point forward to the one who would fulfill all of God's righteous requirements for the Messiah, the Anointed One. In fact, we see that the entire Old Testament really directs our attention forward to its fulfillment in Jesus, the true prophet, the faithful priest, and the righteous king. During the month of January, as I mentioned, uh, Pastor John unpacked for us the role of a prophet as he focused on the person of Isaiah. And during the month of March, Pastor Scott Seidler is going to uh, unpack for us what the role of a king was as he does an examination of the person of David. But here during the month of February, we're going to do something of a deep dive into the role of a priest. And we're going to examine particularly a person by the name of Zadok, Zadok the priest. I recognize this may be someone that um, uh, many have never heard of before. In fact, I had someone ask me, uh, Zadok, isn't that a character from Star Trek, like Zadok the Klingon warrior? <laughs> I assure you, uh, Zadok was not a Klingon warrior. Uh, he actually is in the Bible, and we want to take a look at his life and his ministry and see what we can draw from his life. But let's do kind of a brief overview of the Old Testament priesthood, 
to kind of set the scene before we take a look at Zadok himself. You recall from your studies of the Old Testament that the Israelite people were slaves in Egypt for some 450 years. And God called the man Moses to be the leader to lead the people out of slavery, out of Egypt, and take them to the, the promised land, the land of Canaan, the land that God had promised to give to Abraham uh, centuries earlier. Well, Moses led the people, as you recall, through the Red Sea and, and into the Sinai Peninsula, and they came to Mount Sinai. And at Mount Sinai, Moses went up on the mountain and God established his covenant with his people there at Mount Sinai. That is where God gave Moses the Ten Commandments as well as other instructions related to this covenant relationship in which God will be their God and they would be his people. Some of those instructions had to do with their worship life. And this is where God established the priesthood among his people. We read in Exodus chapter 28, verse 1, God said to Moses, Have Aaron, your brother, brought to you from among the Israelites, along with his sons, Nadab and Abihu, Eleazar and Ithamar, so they may serve me as priests. So Aaron, Moses' brother, and his sons and Aaron's descendants were designated as priests among the Israelite people. And so from that time forward, all priests were to be from the lineage of Aaron. When you think about the role of a priest in Old Testament times, uh, basically they served as what we might call uh, mediators. Mediators between the people and God. Go-betweens, you might say. They served between sinful, unrighteous people on the one hand and the holy, righteous God on the other. The priest served at the tabernacle or the tent where God dwelt among his people. This next image is an artist's drawing that gives you an idea of the floor plan of the tabernacle. On the outside was a courtyard where the sacrifices were made. But inside the tabernacle or the tent, there were two inner chambers, the larger one called the holy place, and then the smaller one called the most holy place or the holy of holies, where the Ark of the Covenant uh, was placed. The priests offered sacrifices on behalf of the people. And in the book of Leviticus in the Old Testament, it describes five major types of offerings that were made. The burnt offering, the grain offering, the fellowship offering, those three were voluntary, and then the sin offering and the guilt offering, which were mandatory sacrifices. The priests would offer these sacrifices on behalf of the people. And then once a year, on what's known as Yom Kippur, or the Day of Atonement, the high priest would enter into the Holy of Holies and would offer special sacrifices on the mercy seat, the cover of the Ark of the Covenant, for the sins of the people over the past year. And the understanding is is that the priests were approaching God in order to obtain his forgiveness 
for the sins of the people and for their own sins as well. And the idea was that uh, they understood that the blood of animals brought as sacrifices could only cover over the people's sin. It couldn't really wipe it away. But the covering over of people's sin with the blood of animals pointed forward to the day in the future when the great ultimate sacrifice would be made that would wipe away sin. And of course, that is fulfilled in Jesus, the Lamb of God, who gives his life as the ultimate sacrifice. Well, for the rest of the month of February, we're going to fast forward about 500 years from the time of Moses and Aaron to the time of King David and his son Solomon, who succeeds David as the king of Israel. And this is when we meet a particular priest by the name of Zadok. And as we look at the person of Zadok the priest, we're going to ask some questions. What type of character was he? Uh, what character traits might we emulate and imitate in our own Christian living? What character flaws might there be that we want to avoid as we live our own lives? And then as we examine his life, are we willing to examine our own? Most importantly, of course, we're going to ask, how does Zadok the priest point us to Jesus, the one and only one who can purify our character. So this week, I encourage you to dig into your Old Testament and find out what you can about Zadok. I, I would encourage you to uh, start in the book of 2 Samuel and 1 Kings, and you'll find there some re references to this important character that is often overlooked. As we continue on this Old Testament adventure together, I pray that the Holy Spirit will open all of our eyes of faith to see even more clearly God's big plan of salvation and that the entire Bible is about Jesus, the Anointed One. I look forward to having you join us next week for part two about Zadok the Priest.